0: You're listening to Way Out On The Wing with Wildus, and I'm Worm. With thanks to Van Diemen Brewing, your local beer this footy season. Roger, 20.45, you ready me, over. Now, we've never wanted to disappoint anyone, but we won't be releasing that episode of Way Out On The Wing this week, as we've been granted super top secret government clearance to travel overseas to develop a wing worldwide that will enhance Tasmania's prospects for the future AFL side. Can't say much more than that, other than it involves solariums, old growth forest protection, and wilderness attempting to break Booney's 52 can record en route to a place that we can actually save. Rest easy though, in anticipation of this clandestine completely off the record operation, shh here's our chap with Carlton's Tasmanian legend. Big Levi Casbolt. There's Kazbolt. Stay there, Jackson. standing the mark. Casbolt is a long kick. Gets onto oh, this gee. one. It disappears into the night sky. <laughs> from the side of the pack over the top, Casbolt. He's got good hands, Kazbolt. Oh.
1: For the Blues, and they might have another opportunity here. Kazbolt kicked the last
0: goal. Could he kick one from the impossible angle? Bolt steps to the line and kicks it straight through the middle. A huge presence in the Carlton forward line for the past 10 seasons. Levi Kazbolk has stamped his influence across 150 games in the navy blue. Earning life membership with the historic club this season and playing with some of the greats of the modern game. We sat down with the big man to discuss his little-known Tasmanian upbringing, his unconventional path to the AFL, what a Tasmanian team would mean to him, and what life after football looks like. So, grab a beer, settle in, and let's chat on Way Out In The Wing. Levi Casbalt. thanks very much for joining us, mate. No
2: worries, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Now you're in your own words. Your journey to uh, AFL stardom has uh, not necessarily gone down the same road as um, as everyone else. you were born in Hobart? Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Uh, yeah, I was born at Calvary Hospital. Do you know what room? Hobart.
0: Do you know what room number? Levi. I was also born in Calvary. <laughs> um,
2: nah, no, I can't remember,
1: <laughs> mate. It's actually um, like, and this is whether this is on me, but um, you know, we we hear a lot about Tasmanians um in the AFL, and I actually. I didn't know personally that you were born in Hobart, so that that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I guess my my Tassie links aren't um, that well known because my family moved to Melbourne when I was fifteen, so I was drafted out of Melbourne. But that's a that's
1: um, that's a fair chunk of time um, spent here in uh, spent here in Tassie, and you often hear of you know Nick Rewalt and. Um, being born in Tassie, but he probably spent, I think it was about four years or something. He was here, so you know I think 15 years a fantastic effort. Um, you know, to well not effort, but t- time here to be classified as a Tasmanian. What was uh, what was your, your memories of that growing up?
2: Um, yeah, I mean I still I still think of myself as Tasmanian. I think I'm only 31, so I've only just clocked over more time in Victoria than Tassie. But um, now I, I had a great time. I love growing up. I grew up in my first nine years. We lived in Fingal. Um, Jesus, mate. This uh, is this
0: is very close to home. I grew up in Avoca. Did you really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. So my my old man, well, he's a copper. Um, so he was the he was the copper at Fingal for yeah nine years. Um, so I did I did a bit of Oz kick here and there. Um, the uh, Fingal kangaroos, I think they. Um, I, I uh, actually I don't know if they other kangaroos, but they did wear the North Melbourne jumper. So yeah, they did. Yep, we played it. We um, played a few, quite a few games against the Fingal Football Club.
1: We've actually had some uh, some great run-ins and games with against Fingal in uh, the NTFA. So uh, lots lots of stories there. But anyway,
2: yeah. Well, actually, I remember because obviously I was nine when I left. But if one of my one of my mates actually played in the seniors when. Um, so obviously he was younger than nine. Um, What's his name? Was, What's his name? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Corey Bosworth. Bosworth.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's no <laughs> way. <laughs> so we played, we played grand finals against Bosie. He's a gun.
0: Was yeah. his nickname Ferret
1: when you knew him? Nah, uh, I don't think so. He, he was a uh, he. He was a very, very good uh regional football player, Bosie. Yeah, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I guess playing playing senior
2: footy from such a young age. I guess um, absolutely. Pitching, yeah, mate. Uh, you
0: you mentioned playing junior footy at at Fingal. Um, what were, what were your first football memories, and and from there on in?
2: Yeah. So then I um, yeah. So then when we moved to we moved to Hobart, mum and dad bought a block of land at Old Beach. Um but they sent me to school, or not just me. I have got um, brother and two sisters. They sent us to school in Kingston, so it was a bit of a trek. Um, but the school I went to was just a soccer community. Um, so actually, I played from. From nine until 15, I played soccer um, with a little bit of school footy and um, like a couple of weekends sort of programs in between. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't actually start. I didn't pick up organized footy again until I was under 16, so the, um, which
0: was important. So the move to Victoria was that um, you moved over there to play TAC Cup with the Dandenong Stingrays. Was that the reason for that move? Was that family or football or other? Yeah, no, that was family. Family, yeah. yep and and the obviously uh, moved down to the Dandenong area
2: yeah yeah mum and dad uh, we moved down to um, Berwick and southeast.
0: then you obviously decided not to continue with the with the soccer component and and flick into footy, footy a bit more what was was there a, was there a recruitment officer that um, decided that uh, were you a big lad as a, as a 15 16 year old
2: um, yeah, yeah, I was always big. I, no, nah, it was, so we moved to Melbourne. Mum and dad opened up a cafe. Um, so the first, the first year was obviously really busy for them. And they'd kind of said to me, um, like, we don't know if we, if you can play organized sport this year, just cause we don't know if we'll have time. Um, and my uncle who, um, he, so he lives in Tassie with us, um, until probably four or five years before we moved. Um, he's a massive Carlton supporter, big, um, he played for OHA, um, down in Hobart, um, he he was like, "Oh, if you play footy, um, I'll run you around to training and games." So that was kind of like, "Oh, all right, I'll play footy." Um, so what what yeah. size were you
1: back then, Levi? As a 15-year-old kid? Ah, uh, it's a good question. I I mean, like, wouldn't I wouldn't have been 104 kilos back then. No, no. <laughs> no.
2: Although I was, I was never like this scrawny kid. Yeah. Um, I was always, I guess, see, Um solid, but, you, solid. You weren't a
0: bully at school, too, eh? <laughs> nah, no, nah, I
2: was. Oh, actually, no, nah, no, nah, I wasn't a bully. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was ultra competitive, which tended to result in arguments and fights. Yeah, but, um, but you were not, always not, right yeah of course you,
1: you, of course. you can't uh, you see that these days you can't teach kids that competitiveness so you've either got it or you don't but I, yeah. I've got we've yeah. got uh, we've both got a couple of uh, boys mine mine are a bit older than wills um, and Jack's going into the under 14s now and you can start to see those bigger boys that develop a little bit earlier and they start throwing yeah. their weight around so was that was that you and and the one thing I I see with these a lot of these kids is that they sort of rely on that size from a skill point of view and then some of them um, sort of don't train as hard and don't work as hard because they're they're used to being so dominant with the size. Um, How did you sort of progress that to make sure that you were still you know um, working just as hard as those other kids um i guess
2: i like through primary school i um like i was just i mean, i love sports so i always played everything through primary school like athletics and stuff i was always the quickest went like i i'd always win win regionals and then um i think year five or six i'm like, I got to state and finished, like, fourth or something in the 100 metres. And then I got to year seven and I lost my first um, – apart from region – I mean, apart from state, I lost my first 100-metre um, sprint and I was devastated, to be honest. <laughs> um, so then from – yeah, yeah, tears, yeah. definitely. To, yeah. Maybe, maybe even a faked injury. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but I think so from from then I kind of had to – um for soccer it still worked like I was, I was I was obviously still reasonably quick um so they'd just they'd kick the ball to me on the wing and I'd kind of run up the field and cross it in and that was my my go-to but I, rec- I think transitioning to footy late was probably a good. Probably a maybe a good thing, a bit of a blessing in disguise, because I was always behind the eight ball. Um, Does that mean
0: that that you had uh, arguably a greater desire to learn the game and stuff rather than those contemporaries around you?
2: um, I, I don't know if it's greater. I mean, I think whether you start early or late, it's. I think that kind of desire is ingrained in you. It's just whether like it comes out. Um. I. But I like. I definitely think. Um. I did it with a bit of a. Um, from sort of, I don't know, so I played under 16s and then um, because I was big and tall, um, sort of got recognised and transitioned into like Stingray's representative side Um, and um, just like sort of murmurings that I was no good and that I was just there because of how big I was just I guess made me do it with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and, Levi, you said you were really quick. Were you playing key position back then, you know, centre-half forward, centre-half back, or were you um, more in that running uh, roles on the wing, et cetera, where you had could use that speed?
2: Um, once I got to footy, I was ruck. So, was yeah. like, I was tall, so... Um... Tall and reasonably athletic, so I just ruck, could run and jump, so run, jump, tackle.
0: Fourth on on baller then. Sorry?
2: A fourth on baller. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I got many possessions in my first year of footy. to be honest, but I felt involved because I was in the rucks there.
0: So, after 44 games across three seasons with the Stingrays, you were picked up at number 44 in the 2010 draft.
2: That's the
1: most research you've done this whole podcast, Will. Yeah, I
0: know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it was a, an extended wait before your uh, debut in round 17, 2012. How was that experience of of um, spending an elongated period of time on the list um, before a debut?
1: C- can I ask a question just quickly before that? What's draft day like for you? Um, you know, you're not touted as a real high pick, but you're hoping to get picked. What, what's that like? Yeah. Um...
2: Yes, like yeah I was nervous. I mean like, so I didn't get drafted as an 18 year old. Um, I'd, had a, I'd had a pretty good year, but I hadn't really I hadn't spoken to anyone, didn't go to any of the draft or combines, but I guess I was, I was a kid who was hopeful. Um, so that was like when nothing came about, it was pretty disappointing. Um, and then the next year um, I had draft day I, I'd done the um, state screening. And I'd only spoken to one club, Melbourne, um, and they'd told me whereabouts they were looking at me. So I was like, all right, Um, I think it was about pick 50 or something. They had a pick. They were like, yeah, if we're going to take you, this will be in. Uh, And they took someone else. So, yeah, I finished that. I was pretty pretty disappointed, but I I didn't have high expectations of draft day. Um, I knew I still had the rookie draft. Um, And then... I trained um, between the National Draft and Rookie Draft. I trained with St Kilda and Carlton. Um, so I knew they would be, I guess they were the two teams that were interested. Um, but that was really all I had to go on. Um, so, yeah, so I guess I was pretty pretty nervous. I'd put a lot of eggs into one basket. Um, yeah, the Rookie Draft, you just watch on a laptop and just names come up on the screen. So it was... Um...
0: You're eagerly just sitting there watching, waiting. Yeah,
2: yeah. So... yeah no, eagerly, nervously.
0: Yeah. So then, two years on the list before a debut was that? Uh, did that make that experience even more? Uh, I, w- I don't think the word's frustrating, but um, agonising.
2: Um,
0: or did or did you learn enough in that two year period that you were certainly ready for a for a senior debut when it came?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I'd learn. I'd learn a lot in that time. Um, my first year, obviously, I was I was probably raw. Having started um, playing organised footy a bit later, um, I, I played some like reasonably good footy for a, a first year player in the VFL. We made it through to the grand final that year, and I, I played some good footy in the final series. Um, but obviously, it was I, I I knew it was just a development year, and I um I knew I was probably a bit off it. Um, the next year. I had a good preseason. I think I might have played one or two of the the um, practice games, um, and then I just before round one, I got elevated to the senior list off the rookie list. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm in with a shot. Um, and then round one of the VFL, I did the piece, did my PCL, or round two maybe. Um, anyway one of them i did my pcl and i missed um i think i missed seven or eight weeks but obviously in that time i um zach Tui actually took my spot on the senior list which i was i was living with him at the time so um, how, how was the conflict in the house then <laughs> oh, i mean we're different different positions different players so i was i was happy for how he was going and I think the same oh yeah it it was round two because I um the week before he had had 40 something out of the back pocket and I'd kicked three or four goals and had a pretty good day so we both had, we've both been playing good footy and then yeah obviously the next week I got injured and he went on to bigger and better things.
0: You're listening to Out on the Wing with Wildus and I'm Worm. With thanks to Van Diemen Brewing, your local beer this footy season.
1: No, Levi, I was going to say 2012... Um, the year you got drafted, um, you've got Chris Judd in there as a captain of the the Carlton Footy Club. What, what did he? I mean, someone like that, one of the all time greats. What do you learn from someone like Juddy from a training and um, you know playing point of view? I know the different positions, but just from the the work ethic, etc. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah,
2: work ethic. You can you can learn a lot off guys like that. I think one of the biggest things you learn is their preparation. Um, And what it takes and which is something that I'm more appreciative of now than I was probably back then. But the preparation um, guys like that put in to get up every week and to play and perform at that high level. And um, when they're sore and they they can't train as much and then still to be able to perform on game day, uh, it's like it's an incredible feat. Um, which, which is something that I um, sort of in the later later stages of my career now, am sort of dealing with the the prospect of not training as much, but still trying to find that balance between um, looking after your body, but still being able to play well.
0: So you're um, you're, you're sort of harping back to and recognising um, what those uh, elder players back when you started were going through, and now living that, um, understand what was occurring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the the different, I guess the different methods of it, like you've got your Chris Judd who's ultra professional just in everything that he did, in the way he ate, the way he prepared in the gym, the way he did all that. And then you've got like a Heath Scotland who was just old school footballer who um, would play on the weekend and then come Monday, he'd be like striding up and down the side of the ground, just willing his body just to get moving again. Where does um, where does Levi Casbolt fit into that scale? Definitely more the Heath Scotland
0: knife. <laughs> um so you've been at the club twelve years. Uh you yeah. not you notched up hundred and fifty games earlier this year and were inducted as a life member into the club. What does after after your time how what does that
2: mean? What does something like that uh, an honour bestowed upon you? Um yeah, I I think incredibly grateful. Um for the opportunity that like I've been afforded, um, I think um, like early days of my career, um, I think I, like I worked hard, but I yeah I was definitely a like a project player, and the club stuck by me when like my second and um, first half of my third year were um, injury riddled. Um, so for them for them to stick by. For them to stick by me through those periods and then like I feel like I've um, repaid the faith now and um, but it, just something to um, be able to look back on and be proud of um, not just for me but um, playing AFL footies hard on I've, like I've been I've been with my wife for 10 years now and um, it's not just me it takes a toll on like it's your family and now I've, now I've got three kids and um the the different the different events and stuff that we miss out on, or that um, my wife and kids are there without their dad or husband, um, it just make it all I guess all worth it. Um, you mentioned
0: yeah. you mentioned Haley and the kids Lonnie, Arlo, and Goldie. Now, obviously, yeah. family means a hell of a lot to you. It's it's apparent in the way that you go about things. But how now as as a father and things? How's that balancing act between being a professional sportsman and a and a loving family man at the same time. Um, I think
2: like it definitely makes it harder. Just, but that's the same as any job. Um, adding adding a family and kids into the mix makes makes life more challenging. But I think it, it definitely makes it more rewarding. And I think I've played um, I've played some of my best footy after having kids. Because it just makes you learn that, like footy is not everything. Um, it's it's a, at the end of the day, it is just a game and um, it's a job and um, there's more there's more to life. And so whether I whether we have a win or a loss, whether I've played well or whether I've played bad, I walk in the door at home and like the kids don't care. Hayley Haley doesn't care unless I'm grumpy, um, and then <laughs> then she makes sure that she knows that um I'm out of place. But um... I
0: think both of us know that feeling all too well. <laughs>
2: yeah. Both with three
1: kids, mate, as well. So we know how you uh, we know how you we know how you feel there. Hey, um, question for you: Is it is the is the AFL getting? Do you, do you follow the NBA at all?
2: Um, nah, not closely. Not, not
1: really. I've I, bits and pieces, I I I. I preface this question with, with that because you see in the NBA, the players can just come out and basically say whatever they want against the opposition, the umpires, the the teams, the administration, everything. It is and maybe this is a question you can't answer, but and tell us if it is, but is the AF, is it too I mean everyone just seems media trained. It's the same questions. As a as a supporter, I, I wanna s I want to hear about the people and the individuals and not not the same answers all the time.
2: Do you wish it was more relaxed in that way? Can you answer that? Um, Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's definitely something that um, I think social media is giving people a platform to show more of themselves um, than what has previously been. But I, I think definitely more in the media, it's... Yeah, it's a very straighty one eighty. Yeah has that uh, has that changed at the club
0: with regards to um, your media training from when you walked into the club compared to now? Oh, or does no, that only guess, does that like, only happen for the younger guys and then you're sort of the the older blokes are left to their devices?
2: Yeah, I think we're yeah the older guys are more left to their devices. Um, if we have a media appearance or something, we, like that will give us a, um, some like sort of notes just to to read over so that we can go back to them if we need them or just to give sort of key messages that the club's got for the week or um so they like they sort of help us out where they can um but in in terms of the the personality and all that i guess it, it, it can be more up to the individual and how comfortable they feel um in front of the camera
1: you, you're definitely we're definitely seeing um clubs embrace social media side of it you know there's uh, little clips of players getting their first game and them being announced and all that sort of stuff. One we saw, yeah. one we saw for you was back in twenty fifteen. The famous, if you can remember back that the part. famous <laughs> double cobra. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that was a ripper how good the the young kid who's probably um, he's probably about 17 years of age and looking to get drafted now um, given it was uh, back then but the big double cover he took a mark and he came and met you that's the sort of stuff we love is that is that something that comes natural to you or is it a a bit more for a few of the the other younger guys that that do that sort of stuff yeah no that's a bit more for
2: the other guys (laughs) uh, Sammy Sammy Walsh he loves a bit of theatre so I think (laughs) More, more, he, um, more for him. Yeah, and right. that's a bit more for him.
1: Um, now, do you remember round four, 2020, Essendon yeah. versus Carlton? Do you know why that's, yeah. that's a good a good day? Because we beat them. That you did, <laughs> absolutely. Also, I think they were your only two ever Brownlow votes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to go along to br- the Brownlow medal on the back of
2: that? Um, no, sadly I didn't. Oh, <laughs> ah, well. Maybe this year or next year. Oh no! To be honest, I'm I'm pretty happy not going. <laughs> Fair it's, just, it's a it's a bit, good too much <laughs> <laughs> bit too much attention. Again, leave life. that to to Walshy.
0: Just that's yeah, a, it's yeah. a good lead into this question. Do you are, are you a, are you a football lover at heart? Do you immerse yourself in footy by reading the papers, watching other games, um, talking around at the club, or do you? And I think I sort of probably know the answer a little bit. Do you separate yourself from work? Um, quite easily. Inver- um, inverted commas work.
2: Oh, I guess. Like I love footy, and I I would watch. Um, like I would watch every game of the weekend if I oh, could. Really? Okay then. Um, but more from a supporter's point of view, like I don't I don't study the game. I don't no. sit there and watch other teams, and I watch it for the enjoyment more than anything. Um, but like I'm a, I guess I'm a, I'm an overthinker. So from the from the work side of it, I I at times have found it hard to. Um, switch off when I get home, but which it, I think. It is. Against. It is a
0: skill set being able to watch a game of football from a non-judgmental point of view, just watching it purely for the for the skill and the and the enjoyment of the, of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of guys. That, there's a lot of guys around that. Yeah, they they study it and they, um, or they don't watch it at all. Um, but but I, I quite enjoy watching the footy and. Did... Um, do they do they or do you do you get around the fantasy footy um, nah no nah, nah. I haven't I think I I think I did it once and but I, it's just I, like I do I've done lots of different fantasy leagues for different sports and I think I pay attention for about a month and then I I forget about my fair, team fair enough. I'm in the midst of that with the F1s at the moment I'm,
1: Oh, they do a Formula One fantasy. Yeah, yeah.
2: I made I made my team and sort of paid attention for the first three rounds and then I, I forgot about it and now I'm, I'm down near the bottom. Languishing
1: so. down the bottom. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah Saving
0: so. Make sure you're up to date with all things Tassie football by following Way Out in the Wing on your social media platforms at WayOutWing on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And use the hashtag WayOutWing to ensure you're part of the wing community and we can share all your Tassie footy experiences. Mate, uh, talk us through last year and the the, um, rigmarole around that the COVID protocols and time away from family, and um, the big one I've got is the communication on the ground with no crowds, and how that all, how that impacted you as a player and and the team and things.
2: Um, yeah, on the ground, it was it was funny. Um, I, I think it was it's kind of similar to when you're playing in front of a big crowd. It's at the start you notice it, but then after five minutes, it's you that entrenched in the game that you don't really notice what's going on um, outside during just as a
0: as a quick aside during a big game say eighty, hundred thousand 100,000 people the communication on the ground is that is, it's obviously not as easy as when no one's there is it um, is, that, is that a difficult thing to um, get across
2: yeah 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 it can be um, yeah, I mean it's or is it, or yeah. is it or is
0: that why you train so much so that you know the instinctive roles and ways that players um, run, kick, move patterns and things that um, that communication from a verbal point of view aren't really necessary all the time.
2: yeah, I mean on in you know, offense, um like communication is not necessarily um, especially like from distance, so like around the stoppage when you're calling for the ball, but like if someone's got the ball, a lot of it like non-verbal anyway. You're pointing, you're, you're on the lead. Yeah, they the players, you know how a player likes to kick, and players know where the space is kind of thing. On on defense, it can be hard, um, especially with zoning and all that these days. It can be be hard to um, to hear what's going on around you, and it just means you've got to be more switched on. You've got to um what you can control you have to i guess control more like moving your moving your head and looking around being aware of what's around you um but like it, it is tough it is tough and it, it does have an effect and um it's something that i guess i mean i know we we have spoken about it a lot um over my time at cult and. Where we want to go to, which is a grand final, is in front of a hundred thousand people, and that's going to be one of the challenges. So you've got to train being loud, and you've got to, I guess, you've got to know each other.
1: Now, Levi, you've had two uh, fantastic wins in the last two games. Um, loved your performance. I, I kept a keen eye on your performance in uh, on the weekend's game um, when I knew that will had organized us to speak to. You. Almost you you almost had a fresh airy, but you got a toe to that ball in the last quarter. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> took took well, a I thought, I thought I had the mark. And then yeah. he, called yeah, he
1: called play on. Yeah, called play on and you
2: went oh. So shoot. then I went to then I went to take off. Then I went to take off and I slipped. But but you and got the I regathered myself yeah, and lost the ball.
1: Yeah, but you got your toe to it and then it ended up with um with Sam Walsh who um didn't give up and got the kick and then ended up doing the second effort and getting a goal and basically securing the win for you, which was awesome. So well done. And you're on an upward trajectory, which is awesome um, for all your your fans out there. Um, but one thing that we find odd is that you, you've been competing against these blokes, tackling, you've got sweat dripping off you, and you go into the club room, into the change rooms, and you put a mask on and sing the song. Is that because it's just indoors? Is that the reason behind this, what we're seeing?
2: Um, It's a very good question. (laughs) I'm not actually sure of the reason why. You're just told to do it
1: so you comply. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. it's It's an odd one. I think it's probably something that everyone has said. I think, I'm presuming it's got something to do that you're playing outdoors, but you're singing the song indoors, so... Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, hope, but, hopefully we yeah. keep on seeing you with uh, with the masks on for the next few weeks, mate. Singing the song.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we're singing the song, I'll, I'll wear whatever they want me to wear.
1: Oh. Is, is that a is that a um,
2: is that a challenge? You um, no. wear whatever.
0: <laughs> you <want. laughs> we we can arrange some
1: stuff if you want.
0: Oh, there might be a little surprise in
2: that box of beer that's in uh, <laughs> your way. Um, uh, no, nah, it's not a challenge. But I mean, as like if we're singing the song, yeah, I'll, I'll wear whatever. Mate, uh,
0: are the kids in the footy? They obviously enjoy themselves being around uh, the the Carlton and stuff. Are they, are they playing it all themselves?
2: Um, Lonnie does Oz kick, um, so he's sort of picking up picking up that a bit. Um, he's not. He knows what I do, and uh, sort of watch. They'll watch me a little bit, and I think if I'm watching footy at night, he thinks it's special to be able to stay up. I think he just likes staying up past his bedtime more than anything. But sometimes he'll sit up with me and watch the footy on a Friday night or something. Has he got a favorite? Um, no, has
0: he got a favorite player? You you said
1: you're at Eddie Betts's house before. He's not Eddie's not his favorite, is he?
2: Um, oh, I think, oh, probably Jonesy. Um, another when tassie I, boy? yeah yeah another Tassie boy, and we we used to live around the corner from each other. So during lockdown last year, he was my one training buddy. Um, so he spent he came over a lot because I've I've got a pretty good home gym set up. So we do a lot of stuff together and um. Now it's now every time they see him it's Jonesy. <laughs> well, mate, uh, if if
0: are you is it something uh junior coaching or something is that something that you're looking to potentially do at some stage in the future? What, or What's after footy? Or or is it more a case of you step back and let another voice um sort of guide the kids at that level?
2: Uh yeah, I think I'd step back. I don't um like even at now, I was kicked now I feel bad that I'm not helping out, but I just, I don't really want to. Yeah, I,
0: I, I can understand that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's always good to, when you're surrounded by footballers, it's it's good to hear another voice. Much like a, a teacher at school, they, they often learn more from their teachers than they do from their parents. Or at at yeah, least that, parent that, that, at that's what I've found. Yeah.
2: Well, actually, I went, out, um, I went out to Lonnie's school last term and they'd asked me to come and do a clinic and... Um, his class was my worst class because Lonnie led them all straight. <laughs> he, he didn't really want to hear what I have to say. So. Mate, um, uh, what, does, what does life look like after AFL?
0: Is there a, is there a transition plan? Is there um, business? Is there pleasure? Is there travelling once we get out of COVID and take the family on a 12-month holiday or something? Golf professional? Uh,
2: um, yeah, well, uh, we, um, we're actually... Looking at property on northern New South Wales coast. Um, we've been looking up there for I don't know eighteen months, two years. Um, so that's that's the plan to move up there. Um, we're we've been looking at a couple of macadamia properties. So a little bit of hobby farming. I got a mate. Um, I got a mate
0: near Byron Bay that owns a macadamia plantation. They make some very nice liqueur out of it. There's, oh really?
1: Yeah. There's a walnut farm for sale down here at uh, Bridge North, Levi. You could move back to. Back to Tassie, run the walnuts.
2: Well, I, I would move back, and I think my wife would move down there if it wasn't so cold. She's um she's very attracted to the sunshine. Um, so for if, if it wasn't cold down there, you would have us in a heartbeat. It's Did, a very good life. No, there's no
0: such thing as bad weather; it's just inappropriately addressed.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll give her that fever. What well,
1: what what about a um what about a Tassie team? Is, is that do you reckon from a playing point of view that'd be the big thing? Players going, ah, oh, it's too cold. I mean, I. Personally, living here, I don't think it's much different to Melbourne. Obviously, you're not in the bubble. But um, what what are your thoughts on the Tassie footy team?
2: Oh, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a team down there. And um, I mean, I I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be down there for ten years. I'm, I'm 31, so. If they got a team and I got the opportunity to play, it would only be for a year or two. But um, I you know, I've, I don't think the weather would be that much of a deterrent. I mean, I think um, and like anyone who wants to play AFL footy would go anywhere. Yeah, 100%. Um, especially to get an opportunity. Like, um, if it's an opportunity to play AFL football, go to Antarctica or... Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah. If COVID keeps moving
0: south, we may have games there. Antarctica hub.
2: But um, they didn't do them. They didn't deal with any favours last week when they didn't let us come down to play free. eh? Yeah, well, yeah, very true. It would have been, we were all, we did, we (laughs) We did hoping.
0: We did, uh, we did promote that on the podcast last week, hoping that uh, it was going to fall through that way, but uh, obviously didn't. Um, Mate. I think Dad were hoping. Yeah, exactly. Just like our teachers back in primary school, here's a little chance for you to pause, go and do what you were going to do before you started listening to this, or go and grab another cold one, settle back in and listen. Let's rip. Who at the footy club makes football look easy? Just a quick one for you. Who? Eddie Betts. Yeah, well, yeah, I did think that he that was probably going to be... I could have answered that for you. Yeah. Aside
2: from the fact that I'm in his house, but... Um... <laughs> Oh, so you're there.
1: No. You're still there now.
2: Yeah, I was about to go, and then I think uh, I think my wife threw the kids in the bath. So
1: <laughs> we could have done a co one with it. No, he's not no. born in Taz, He doesn't qualify <laughs> for our podcast,
0: mate. I've got a quick one. I got three young boys. That uh, one of them one of them's a big Carlton fan, but they masquerade as AFL fans and they enjoy. You know, they I won't say that Eddie's their favourite player over Levi, but maybe a, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but they've got a I lot I wouldn't of, be offended if you uh, were. Uh, well considering the eldest one his name's is Edward, it's um yeah, it's a bit hard not to. But they've sent yeah. through so we try and get them to do a little question for us and they've they've sent through a little uh, audio. So hopefully you can hear this and uh, and just we'd love to see an answer at the end. Yeah. Bye. 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 I am a little cra- just how
1: many wheat bigs do you eat for breakfast every day? <laughs> Thanks, bye. Bye.
0: So that's the that's the junior brewers with the question of how many wheat bix are you eating for for uh, breakfast?
2: Um, if, oh. it, if
0: it if it is wheat bix, because the better the better answer you give on here, the better breakfast going to go tomorrow morning.
2: Um, well, oh. how many do you want me
0: to say? That? Whole, we can we can um, edit anything what, on this. <laughs> no, well, yeah, exactly.
2: You don't eat wheat, um, wheat bix. No. when a I was. Bit. When I was a kid, I ate a lot, and, and I loved wheat bix. So I I could easily have eaten I don't know ten for breakfast. Um, but now now I'm a little bit more controlled, and i well, when I have wheat bix, I'd have four wheat bix with some fresh fruit and honey drizzled on it. Oh, no. What what's your uh, what's your vice,
1: Levi? Is it chocolate? Lollies, ice cream. What's coffee? You know, what's at the Beer. end of um, footy season? that You go. God, I'm looking forward to having this. Or, do, or does it not stop you now? Um,
2: I mean, we. No, I, I could, I could easily blow out to 120 kilos if I, which is probably a fair insight into my post footy days. Um, <laughs> so I do, I do me. have to, I do have to look after myself. But um, post game is always a good time to have a bit of a treat. Um, and I am partial to – I'm a sweet tooth, so I'd, um, whereas my my wife, Hayley, she's she loves savoury. Um, so I guess it's it kind of works out well. We can get dinner and dessert and she can eat more of the mains and I can eat more of dessert. <laughs> you,
0: um, but so I, I You've got lollies. a very
2: well-oiled
0: plan there by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Lollies would be my probably biggest vice. Yeah, and they always throw uh, them out. Uh, Na- natural natural confectionery party. Yeah, nice, nice, mate. What's your uh, what's your tan record? My what record? You, do you, you don't, you guys are you probably Carlton don't run around that. You don't do the the tan, the botanical gardens, the run oh, around right. there. You got your tan record. Uh, you do you do nah. a Princess
2: Park one, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, we've done Princess Park. I think my. My best ever Princess Park was eleven thirty, which is what um, well, distance-wise, eleven k, three point two k. Geez, that's alright. Uh, so yeah, eleven thirty. My best ever three k, which is we did in junior in um Stingrays, was eleven eleven. 11 and then we do a two k time trial now. My best, my best two k is a six thirty five. Still. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, I, no, I, haven't, I, I haven't done no. a 2K for a couple of years because yeah. I'm I'm a veteran now. Yeah. So I do be... <laughs> not need play, play that card. Leave,
1: leave that to you, young boys. <laughs> Mate,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah we uh, we don't want to hold you up
0: for two minutes longer, but we've got a little one. We do a um, we do junk time questions. So this is literally yep. five quick uh, questions that uh, we want to prompt the the uh, the first response that comes to mind. So. If you're happy yep. to do it, we'll get stuck into it. Yeah, no, let's go. Let's go. start the timer. Which statement is more true: forwards win games or defenders save them? Forwards win games. Please. Your most annoying
2: teammate? Oh, um, geez, that's a very good question. Um, I don't know. There's there's what, a group of you. What about the, who's
0: the who's the practical joker?
2: Um, or oh, actually, most annoying Ed Kurne. <laughs> Reasons or, being, or his brother, or his brother Charlie. Reasons being, oh, he's he's just he's a bit of a pest. He's got no shame, so he just speaks his mind um, and says whatever he wants. Um, yeah, no, when, you look, when
1: you look like that, you're probably allowed to, I
2: reckon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what he dresses in off field, he's probably even worse. He's, Horrendous. He's uh, <laughs> uh, the best hanger you've ever taken. Um, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm too big to take hangers. No, you never got most up there people, during underage? Nah, I'd, most people just collapse under me. Uh,
0: all right, um, I'll, rephrase, I'll rephrase the question. Best hip and shoulder you've ever made?
2: Oh, that's topical too. I just, <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> that's why I ask it. I just got a fine for that. I did yeah. see that. Um, all right, well do,
0: you can pass on that one if you like then. Yeah, right. pass. I'll pass uh, on that. I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask it anyway. Is training overrated? Uh, oh, I think no. Okay then. Uh, Radio, last one. You're one out inside 50. There's 10 seconds left on the clock. Sammy Walsh is screaming down one wing. Crippers breaking tackles down the other wing. And Sam Doherty's hurtling through the middle. Who's your preference to kick it to you? Or is it someone else?
2: Um, that's a good question. Oh, out of those three, I'd probably, probably take... Oh, Doherty probably weights him better. Um, but if I could pick anyone, it'd probably be Murphy. Oh, right. Is he going to get to 300 games? Um, we all so. hope so. I mean, Yeah, I mean, he hurt his calf, so yeah. he's out at the moment. Um, but I don't think it's a bad one. So if he missed one week, I think he might only have one more week to go. And then, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I think yeah. he deserves it. I, th- I think we all do.
1: The footy world do. Now, going back to that other question, do, do you want the kick? with 10 seconds left on the clock or are you happy for someone else to take that for you and if it's someone else who who would you want kicking for your life
2: um i mean i'd i'd happily take it yes that's what the we want Love that's it. what we want to hear
0: um beautiful mate thank you very much for joining us i know your old man isn't far from the brewery um yeah, and yeah, so next time you're down uh, we'll have you at the brewery to share a couple in in person that's a that's an invitation that still stands um oh, definitely.
2: I'd love
0: that. One, one last little one for you. Who should we speak to next? And can you facilitate that?
2: Um, oh, I mean, if you want Tassie footballers, I, I think um, Liam Jones has got a great story.
0: Oh, we, as we touched on earlier, I think that that'd be a nice little one to get uh, on board.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I could facilitate that.
0: Um, do, you, do you still speak
1: to, um, or were you a good mates with Mitch Robinson?
2: Well, I was actually he was going to be my other one. Um, I I still do a little bit. Um, he's um, and I like every time we play, I'll have a chat with him, and I've, I've spoken to him bits and pieces um, in between. So like I yeah, I still know him. And I'm,
1: I'm a uh, lion supporter, uh, Levi. So I'm loving. Oh the hey, how yeah. did that happen? I'm loving the work <laughs> he's doing at the moment. My my family used to we used to go up there um, when it was the Bears. Actually, we'd go up and watch the Bears, and I went yeah. to, I went to a game where they were playing Fitzroy, and they were getting. They were losing, so we left early and uh, the Bears ended up kicking like four goals in the last few minutes and won. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go for them. So had some horror years. That's as good good a reason as any. Yeah, had some good years and like every football club, it's uh, a lot of ups and downs. So Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. So, mate, thanks very much for joining us tonight and way out in the wing. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and... As I said, there's that uh, box of beer that's on the way. Get a photo back through, through to us and uh, see you enjoying one and we'll um, we'll see you down here sometime soon.
1: And uh, all the best for the rest of this year and uh, fingers crossed for you next year and, and moving forward, mate, as well.
0: No
2: worries. Thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this chat
0: on Way Out In The Wing, make sure you like and subscribe to the Way Out In The Wing podcast channel so you never miss another entertaining episode, neglect an exclusive interview, or forget what games you should be seeing this footy season. Listen, like, and subscribe to the channel now.